Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Finally, I met someone and I talked to him first time I'd met him and he was like, you just keep networking. That's how you get into tech. And I just said, I don't know what else to do. You're the end of my tech network. You're my last person. I just really need some direct help finding people. And he went, oh, okay, let me introduce you. Today's Women in Tech shout out is really important to me. I want to thank Beatrice for contributing to the Women in Tech podcast and for sending me the most thoughtful letter It just touched my heart. She said, you don't know me and I only know you from what I've heard you say on the episodes of your Women in Tech podcast. I'm a woman, but I'm not in tech and I have no idea if I ever will be. I'm gonna jump to later on. I'm not in tech, maybe yet or maybe never, but I find your podcast as interesting as if I were and I share what I learned with my friends and family. And she goes on to share such a supportive email And I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Women in Tech podcast. I wish you were on social media so I could shout you out and people could say hello. But I just thank you for brainstorming with me this week. If you too don't know how to get in touch with me, Beatrice shared that she didn't know exactly what a DM was. That's on Instagram or on Twitter. Uh, even reach out to me via email, whatever way, LinkedIn, whatever way is most comfortable for you, the platform that you use to reach out. We include all the information of how to get in touch in the show notes below the episode. Beatrice, thank you so much. I didn't know you before this week and you have impacted my life in such a meaningful way, given me fuel to continue going. And really just thank you for showing me what a positive impact we all make. The team works really hard to deliver to you, and it just was really touching to receive your email. Thank you. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Hey, just walking back to my place. It's been a, an interesting week. It's the morning. It's about 9.30. I usually don't take calls in the morning, but I was excited about a particular call, so I took a 8.45 meeting, and she was just so supportive of my success, and it was just a great way to start the day. I was a girl named Ray um, from a company called Bomb Bomb, and I was telling her how important it was to me to have meaningful connection and and how I felt that a lot of I'm walking back to my place so I'm up the stairs right now um a lot of people um or a lot of our society just feels so dark right now and I think it's important to be kind and be an example to others of what it is to be kind so we were talking about that and she was so excited about the work that I'm doing And it just, it was that extra reminder. So this week we got contributions on the Women in Tech podcast. Yesterday, Harper's Bazaar, there's a feature listing us 
as, you know, top 10 podcasts created by women to listen to. Just so exciting. Huge thank you to Janine Wright for that. Right now, when people ask me how I am, I always say I'm experiencing a lot of uncomfortable situations that I'm evolving from. And I think that's a good place to be. I think that sometimes we're experiencing uncomfortable situations and it just feels just like the world is collapsing in on us. And I just feel that I'm getting stronger and stronger and understanding more what I want for myself and life. And it's just a really beautiful process. Uh, I think a lot of it is attributed to working with my business coach and, um, and my mentor and uh, going to therapy and just like really having my trifecta of becoming a powerful leader. And last, I just want to share how exciting it was to receive contributions this week and this incredible, incredible letter from Beatrice, a dear listener on the podcast who I'd never known before, sent me one of the most thoughtful letters, contributed twice, and so much so she said, like, why do you make it so hard to contribute to your show? <laughs> Can't you have an easier way to contribute? And so she she contributed via two different methods, and we talked about how I had one particular system set up, and it was hard to use, and, and so she just helped me brainstorm a better way to do that, and she said, you know, you never ask, and you really should, and I feel so much love and support and forward movement and including from the team, like the team's been amazing. Adam, who is editing my voice right now, has worked double hard to make sure that we could deliver really awesome content to, to our guests. And, and Carl has been taking care of just making sure that our guests have all that great content. And Janice is making sure everybody feels supported and celebrated. And I just feel thankful that I'm experiencing this energy of forward movement, even though things are difficult, they feel possible. I just have to overcome myself. You know what I mean? And with every rejection or, or no or, or negativity that I receive to know that it doesn't define me and that I can overcome it and I will innovate a way to do the thing even better despite the, the, the temporary setback, you know? Anyway, hope that helps. I'm looking forward to you enjoying the next episode. Bye. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. We are in London, England at the magnificent Google campus here in London, accelerating startups every day. And I have had the great fortune to be at the Women in Tech breakfast this morning where I got to meet Kristen. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good. Kristen, you are a fellow American. What are you doing in London? I am. So I've been here actually about 10 years, officially a citizen now. Wow. Um, so I moved over here. I worked in New York before I came here. I worked in education and schools, and I moved over to a similar organization here in the UK um, and have just left 
graduate here and been ever been here ever since. That's that's awesome. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm founder of a company called Highliner Technology, um, and what we do is we use machine learning to provide personalized one-to-one individual feedback to managers. So kind of like a little micro coach that is working them through and helping them develop on a regular basis. So it's basically like. At our top level, we have executive coaches, and we spend a lot of money in our companies making them great. But for all those mid-level people that get no support, it's for helping them be the best managers they can be and make that job as least stressful as possible. And when did you get into technology? So that's funny because only a few years ago. So I spent the first 10 years of my career working for two different organizations that built schools in low-income neighborhoods. So working in bringing high-quality education to students who wouldn't otherwise have access. And I worked on recruitment on both of them. And when I started at my company in London, we were hiring 75 people a year. And when I finished, it was 800 people a year. Whoa, 75 to 800? Yeah. So that's massive. Intensive growth, real entrepreneurial organization. And I just loved it. I loved that intensity. I loved the pace. I loved growing something, building something. And we also had the chance, we incubated social enterprises within the organization. So I ran operations for one of our incubated social enterprises that was focused on training teachers and using similar techniques. So giving micro pieces of feedback to teachers, helping them take them from zero, career changer, recent grad, to being really high quality teachers within a year. Wow. I, all I can think about, my mentor just bought a school in Nepal to help reform the educational system. Oh, amazing. And, and apparently, like, a lot of the schools were destroyed in the earthquake. Yep. I don't know too much about it, but he's extremely passionate about it. Um, anyway, I'm excited to talk <laughs> to you more about that after. Yeah, so I did that for 10 years. And then I wanted a change, but I wanted that pace and I wanted that entrepreneurial spirit. And everyone said, you need to be working in tech. So I talked to a lot of different people and I ended up at really different place than I was before, a deep tech startup that did large scale video databases and machine learning. Um, so nothing like I did before, um, but was an amazing, I ended up as COO there and it was a steep learning curve, but I absolutely loved every minute of it. Wait, so that whole thing that we could change our careers at any time. Totally possible, but really hard. So totally possible, but I'm also really conscious about how lucky I was to follow that route. So it was through a colleague of a colleague of a colleague of a colleague put my CV on a listserv, a tech listserv, and and also really lucky I had a great colleague who told me to rewrite my CV to make it more applicable to tech. So I had all the right skills and right. knew I could do it, right. but it was Doing that change, it was about finding the right network in, which is not something that's accessible to everyone. And it's something I'm really passionate about is how we think about accessibility into tech um, and inclusion once people are there. And I think uh, really key things that you shared were you asked for help. Definitely. You reached out to your network, you asked for help, and you weren't afraid to make changes accordingly. And I had to. And I think it was so funny. I think the big ask for help came for I had been networking for months, meeting people, and everyone kept saying, just keep networking, just keep networking. And then finally I met someone, he's COO at another actually really big startup here. Um, and I talked to him, first time I met him, and he was like, you just keep networking, that's how you get into tech. And I just said, Tom. I don't know what else to do. You're the end of my tech network. You're my last yeah. person. Yeah. I just really need some direct help 
yeah. finding people. Yeah. And he went, oh, okay, let me introduce you. And he's the one that sent out my CV. You asked. You I had directly to had to ask. I directly had to, because he didn't know what I needed, and I wasn't articulating it. I was being very kind of, I didn't want to impose. I didn't want to be asking for too much from other people. But ultimately, it was an easy thing for him to do once I told him exactly what I needed. I was like, I just need more introductions for CEOs in tech. And he was like, oh, I do have that group. You know, it's so interesting, even downstairs when we had our breakfast this morning Mm -hmm. at Google's Women in Tech Breakfast, they had a need and an offer board, which I loved. I remember I went through Astia. Um, Astia now has a division here in London as well. It's for women leaders. And at the time, I went through their San Francisco cohort when I was building my action sports company. And um, they said, whoever you want to meet in the world, write it on the board. And no one, or raise your hand or whatever. Yeah. Like, no one did it. Really? No one. And so I went up to the board, and I wrote, Tony Shea with Zappos, and, like, Richard Simmons, and, like, Puff <laughs> Daddy, or whatever. I don't even remember anymore. But one of them was Tony Shea, and the, one of the girls was like, oh, yeah, my friend is neighbors with him. And I ended up meeting him, and he's, he's like, uh, an amazing human. I've gotten to know him over the years. But it all starts with just... Putting it out there, asking. And the worst that can happen is that people can say, don't know, don't don't have anyone. But I think, especially for underrepresented people in tech, so people of color, female founders, we don't necessarily feel we have that permission always to make those asks of others. And I think ultimately that when you just start making those more direct and formal requests, you get strong answers back and positive answers. And so for me, when I'm talking to other people who are trying to get into tech or other people looking for things, I just try really hard to encourage them to be like, what's the concrete thing you want from me? It's totally okay to just ask me for something and I will do it, but I'm not positive exactly what you need. Tell me what you need and if I can do it, I'm going to do it. Totally. So giving everyone else the permission to just ask something directly. And my mentor has been teaching me that uh, sometimes a no isn't necessarily actually most times a no isn't personal no not at all it's not no you're bad no I I don't like you as a human no whatever negative insert you know blah 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 toxic thought (laughs) it's not all those things it's just people are busy doing their own life exactly (laughs) and it's no I don't know the person you need or I'm just not the right person and that's fine but I think also if you can be more direct with your ass then people know what they can and can't give you so you're more likely to get a yes I'm going to do this for you than a yeah sure and then nothing totally and that feels really even worse I think because it's like oh I thought we had this great connection and now they're not helping totally but they didn't know necessarily how to help. Or sometimes, I mean, even, I don't think I'm anything extra special or anything, and I get a ton of emails, and I this one guy sent me an email three times. I legit didn't see the first yeah. two. And then on the third one, he's like, if you'd like me to stop writing, I will. I'm like, first of all, your follow-up game is A+. <laughs> I didn't even see your yeah. other emails. And whatever it was, it wasn't the right timing that he sent it because I was on, I was like, 
like it switching on on a women in tech tour but I was like I'm happy to do whatever it was I can't even yeah. remember right now right and now it's his response something to do I think with looking at his website or something yep. but if he follows up again with me when it is the right timing I will totally check exactly. out his website so it could be timing it could be somebody's busy it's just I just think it's so important for all of us to recognize it's not necessarily personal I 100% agree one of our really core values at Highliner is to assume the best of others yeah. so no matter what the situation is the managers we're working with the companies that we're selling to just everyone that we work with and come into contact with that so if someone doesn't reply to you it's not about they hate you or they're a bad person or they're not thinking yeah. and it's not your bad it's nothing it's just let's just assume they're really busy yeah. so just assume always assume the best of yourself and others yeah. and that makes a much easier starting point for any relationship totally. and not to go crazy too deep but just one level further and not everybody's going to like you and that's okay too we need to love and accept ourselves yes I need to love and accept myself and not everyone's going to like me and same with everybody else and that just because not a hundred percent of the world doesn't love you doesn't mean you're not lovable exactly and I think that's a really difficult thing to actually internalized so not sure i'm there um but Ditto. super free working, why do you think <laughs> i needed to say hard. it out loud yeah <laughs> definitely not it. sure there but i think even like step by steps towards it can be really free yeah so it just yeah takes a huge load off i have a, a bracelet that I, I wear almost every day i just happen not to be wearing i think it's even my, in my purse right now um that says lovable that i made because i have to remind myself that i'm lovable i find that one of my insecurities is I think that um, my passion, being a passionate person, mm. is weird. And so I think that I'm perceived as weird. Like, she's a kooky weirdo. And so on something like this podcast, yeah. that weirdness is great. But then, like, in a social setting, I'm like, oh, now I'm just weird. I have the same thing coming from the U.S. to the U.K. It is actually quite a big so, uh, social and cultural transition, even though it doesn't feel like it should be. And I'm hyper-passionate, really outgoing, really yeah. kind of in your face. I went kind of the opposite direction and totally like toned all of that down and was really quiet and tried to really yeah. fit in. Yeah. And it took me a while to find the right space to be okay with myself as who I am and my personality, but still culturally fitted in, in the right social settings. It's settings. a big deal. I've been seeing that a lot. I mean, this is going in a, in a different direction for just a second, but like culture, culture is a lot, the way we communicate um, stems from our culture. And I think that unless, you know, we have traveled, uh, it's hard to grasp that not everything means the same thing in all different cultures. Definitely. Even things as simple as some cities leave their doors open. Mm. I would never in a million years leave my door open, you know, in the cities that I live in. Uh, every Everything is, you know, for me, that would mean I'm an idiot wait, waiting to be robbed. And in another place, it means I feel safe. There's nothing. Yeah, that is. You know, it's like. <laughs> and I think that goes back to like that assuming the best concept so it's like oh this the way this person is communicating with me I can interpret in a certain way or I can be like oh wait let me like assume that it's positive always and that maybe it's just culturally a different way they communicate yeah 
And yeah. that, and then I can start the conversation with them saying, hey, when you communicate in this style, this is how I feel. I don't think it's negative that you did this, but I'm just letting you know this is kind of how the relationship is feeling to me. Totally. And that is a much easier place than you're mean, you're bad. Let's deep dive back into transitioning from not being in tech at all oh, yeah. to deep diving into an absolute new career because that's terrifying for most people. And it feels impossible. It feels yeah. like... Yeah, walk us through that and then how you ended up to where you are today. Stick around. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com. Walk us through that and then how you ended up to where you are today. So, yeah, it was terrifying, but, and I was really, and I think all the feelings of like deep, deep imposter syndrome were so extreme. And the way I dealt with it was by trying to be as overprepared as possible. So I feel lucky kind of the process of finding this job and going through it. Um, but also I did things like they mentioned agile working on my interview and we didn't use agile methodology at my last company cause it was an education company. And so I went, I read three different books on agile. I went to two courses on agile. I was just like ready to go. Yeah. And I walked in and the dev team, which I ended up managing for a time period, they were like, Oh, by agile, Kristen, we mean like agile feelings. And I was like, wait a minute, I've read all these books. Like, we're going to do Canvan, we're going to set up these scrubs. And they're like, we just mean feeling-wise. And I was like, oh, actually, all this terminology, all these things that we perceive as barriers and these huge changes are not as deep as we think they are. We set up a lot of really great agile systems, and it was really helpful. I had had all that context. <laughs> but if I had walked in and hadn't known the history of Canvan – I still would have been okay. And I think the biggest thing I learned in two years in working as a COO is that there was a lot of things to learn, but you can learn all of those things. Just in case, explain to everybody yep. what Kanban is. Oh, so it is an agile methodology. So it's just one of, there are different styles of how you can set up your agile workflows, and Kanban is just one of the ways you set up your workflows. It's nothing secret. It's nothing magic. <laughs> you can read a couple articles and get it going. I mean, I'm even self-taught in podcasting. Anything, exactly. it just takes watching a lot of YouTube videos. Yes, it's whatever your style. I think that's huge. It's If you are open to being a continual learner, that's one of the most important qualities you can have in your career. And again, back to that idea of permission, I felt like I needed to, and this is why a COO role was so good for me, because it let me see all areas of the business before starting my own company. And I felt like I needed that training ground. But ultimately, I learned a ton, and I learned everything is learnable. And where are you now? Like, what, yeah. what is a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome? And how did you overcome it? Oh, interesting. That's a big question. <laughs> I think for me, 
I had been in the same, as we talked, a big career change, but it had been a similar style of working and my development had been on a similar trajectory for 10 years. And that's a really big switch to then say, okay, I'm going to learn all these new skills, but I also had to learn a lot of new styles of working. So I am very operationally focused and not necessarily super comfortable as being like the front person or the lead salesperson. But when you're the founder of a company and when you believe in what you're building as much as I do, then you really want to be the front person because you want to be out there talking about the difference and the change that you can make. But it was a huge and is an ongoing obstacle for me to do those first steps and to put myself out there when I'm just so much more naturally inclined to quiet execution, not the spreading the gospel and the exciting <laughs> news about what we're building. What What are some of the resources you access to continue education? What, maybe is there a book that really stands out to you or a blog or yeah. do you have a mentor? So I do have a mentor and she's wonderful because she is – a great, she's a great resource in terms of she connects me to great people to talk to, but also having a completely non-biased source that I can get external feedback as a founder is really helpful to me. I try to read as much as possible. There's a lot, I really love Fem Street, which is the women in tech kind of newsletter of London, where there are a lot of events. And I've just finished this book by Jerry Colonna, Reboot. Everyone's been, I feel like a lot of people have been reading it. It is a lot. He's a coach in Silicon Valley, and it's a lot of focus on kind of radical self-introspection. Um, it's very American in some ways, but for me, it helped me think a lot about, like, the process of thinking about my development. So not like this is what you should be doing, but the process of the self-introspection you should go through as you think about that development. I highly recommend it. And do you listen to podcasts? Yeah, too many. Which one do you recommend? <laughs> um, so I listen to a lot of stuff by Gimlet. Um, so oh, Gimlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah shout out to Alex. <laughs> yes. I'm kind of obsessed. Um, so Reply, I'm like original startup fan, original Reply All. And what is his one that Alex is, Bloomberg is now doing? It's Mass of failure or something oh, nice. the one that he's doing so I love all of their stuff and then I also keep my like quirky American my relax which is this American life which is <laughs> keeps me connected to do you American. listen to death sex and money I do yeah I do it's I really that. good I love that one I yeah. love Anna Sale and she's been away and so I they've know. had on maternity leave and so they've had all these really interesting different people coming I in oh I have a hard time with the guest host I know I'm because like, you I, miss her yeah but it should be, she's back like last I, episode I don't know. <laughs> she's recently Return. It's really interesting how connected we become to the host. Yes. <laughs> and emotionally, oh, I have one other really yes. good one that is not uh, tech-based at all, but it's called Terrible Thanks for Asking. It is like by Nora McInerney. And so she has this like incredible personal subscribe. story. You have to subscribe. And the stories are really, really emotional and people going through some of the worst, most difficult things, but are looked at in such an empathetic and caring way. And for me, it, like I listen to a lot of tech stuff, but then I love that kind of really people, emotional, empathetic side. And yeah. she does it in such a lovely, like I lo everyone should listen to it. They're on summer break, but I think they come back next week. And few we'll weeks. include it all in the show notes. Oh, so yes. Say it again. Terrible. Thanks for asking. You have to tell me again when after. I'm yeah, you have to download it. You're going to love it. It's <laughs> definitely for meeting you just one day. I feel like it's the kind of thing you're going to like. Yay. <laughs> and how, where can people connect with you. Yeah. So the easiest way to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at K Shan Bridge. Now go easy on me because I've just joined Twitter. So I have very few followers. So please don't mock me. <laughs> uh, but definitely get Can in you touch. spell it? Yeah. yeah. K 
S-H-A-N-B-R-I-D-G-E, Kay Shanbridge, Kristen Shannon. Um, or you can always shoot me an email anytime too, which is a bit old school, but it's Kristen at HighlinerTechnology.com. And can you spell your first name? Sure. Actually spell the whole thing. I'll spell the whole thing. It's Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at HighlinerTechnology, H-I-G-H-L-I-N-E-R-T-E-C-H-N-O-L-G-Y.com. And that's also the name of the, that's the website too. So you can find me there. And you said this is the first podcast you've been on. This is my first podcast. I love that. And as a huge podcast fan, I'm very excited. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm I'm equally excited. Um, what? Okay, before we close out, um, best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Ooh, oh, this is a tough one. The best piece of advice I've ever gotten was actually from one of my angel investors in my last company. Um, and we were going, there was something challenging happening and he took me in a room and it felt really harsh at the time, but he was like, this is your responsibility. It is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. And again, it's back to that weird idea of permission. Mm. Like I was worried about stepping on people's toes and taking things over, but ultimately it just gave me the space to be like, okay, I know what I'm doing here and I'm going to take the driver's seat on this and this thing is mine and I'm going to own it and we're going to turn it around and for me that's kind of just a good way to think about your work no matter what you do no matter what level you're at it's like you do have the permission that if you see a problem or a challenge to be the one that's responsible for solving it I I have a a mentor that that has said in the past um, ask yourself, how did you contribute to the consequence? Definitely. I like that one. Definitely. Thank you so much Thank for hanging out with me. the Women in Tech podcast. Remember, you can connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech around the world by going to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links talked about in today's episode. Say hello on social, at Women in Tech Show, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Kristen Shannon. I'm founder of Highliner Technology. We use technology to make managers the best they can be. We're based in London and you're listening to Women in Tech. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, with help from Janice Geronimo, edited by Adam Carroll, show notes by Carl Marty, and music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.